0: Original Moto Podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Motorcycle Superstore Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thanks for listening, everybody. At Motorcycle Superstore, they're a passionate team that speak moto If I'm talking about going riding, bench racing from the latest company ride to the latest parts and gear. They got it. They speak moto. Of course, Jimmy Albertson has the Motorcycle Superstore Suzuki team with Kyle Cunningham, Josh Osby. And if you type in the code PB-Pulp16, PB, like peanut butter, pulp 16 uh you can save money at motorcyclesuperstore.com and this podcast presented by fox racing foxhead.com visit local authorized fox dealer the 2017 gear is out now and uh, kenny Roxon, uh just just some of the guys that wear it um we thank the fox racing for coming on board and motorcyclesuperstore.com knocking out these podcasts a lot lately people hope you hope you appreciate it all right my name is steve mathis of course as usual Thanks to racer X online, subscribe to racer X online. And uh, while you're at it, maybe subscribe to this guy's magazine with me here in studio to uh, do a quick little podcast about what's going on with him and somebody else that you may know from the Pulp public show, but maybe, maybe you don't know his story. Maybe you don't know his deal.
0: Uh, Chris Kiefer from dirt rider. What's up Kiefer? Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Not uh, really on pulp time.
1: No. Yeah. We're doing this ahead of the pulp time. Um, most people know you from the Pulp and Mech show, uh, but they may not know your story, your background a little bit, right? They yep. just know you as, uh, you know, the guy on the Pulp show. Right. Uh, tester, uh, extraordinaire. Dirt Rider Magazine, DirtRider.com. Um, so subscribe to RacerX, but maybe subscribe to Dirt Rider too? Secondary, yeah. Yeah, we, we can that? do that. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, actually, um, and we'll, hopefully Coombs doesn't listen to this. No, nah, he won't. <laughs> he won't. No, there's no chance. <laughs> no, nah, he's fine with it. Um, first up, I guess, how long have you been a Dirt Rider for?
0: Well, I've been a test rider for uh, almost 15 years with Dirt Rider. And uh, just recently, obviously, I was employed somewhere else. And then they wanted me in, in-house to, do, to be an editor position. So right. I've been an editor for five years there.
1: Yeah. Um, now, you're from a former pro racer. You grew up in the high desert in California? Yes, sir. And then uh, uh, still living there, obviously. Um, Can't get away. Your pro career, we, we make jokes about the pulp show. You ran a big bore, of course, for a yes. little while, but but you had a you had a factory KTM ride in Canada for yes. a couple years, uh, three years, three years, yep. and uh, you know you race pro wherever you can. You never really had the parents that were loaded to take you everywhere. You kind of no. got good the old-fashioned way. And and looking back in your car- racing career, I mean it's. One of those things where you had to chase money, probably, and then
0: yeah, and, you well, know? my story is different too. Like, I grew up, uh, my mom had multiple sclerosis, so she was pretty much in a wheelchair since I was in like kindergarten. So, and her and my dad got separated, so I basically had to take care of my mom, um, and you know, have a, have a caretaker and, and do things that most kids wouldn't have to do in the teenage years. Right. So, um, you know, I went same thing, I you know, got home, went to school, you know, or went to school, got home, went riding, and then, um. Just started doing that. But I I had to be home so much to take care of my mom. Yeah. I didn't get to go do a lot of things that I should have did and probably would have helped my career. But, you know, I, I couldn't complain. I still got to do a lot of things. And, uh, you know, I raced two full years of West Coast Supercross. Uh-huh. And at that time, I was testing for Ryan Ragland at KTM.
1: Now, how did you ever meet Rags? Because I know Rags. <clears> I, go, I go back with him when I was there.
0: Yeah, so... Going back before that, um, I was doing stuff for Dirt Rider Magazine, and Ed Scheidler at Yamaha came up to me while I was doing some Dirt Rider stuff and goes, hey... Okay,
1: wait a minute. Wait a minute. We've got to back up here. So, okay. The, we're so, backing up. Well, let's back up, because i got a lot more questions. <laughs> okay. Although I know some of this stuff, but I think people will find it interesting. Right. You're you're making the best you can, riding high desert tracks, Local racing Local races, yeah, yeah, right, right? Yeah, yeah, um, At some point, you're starting to get good, right. and you're like, hey, I'm going to become a pro. Yes. Um, but how does the dirt rider thing come around carl kramer i know but how does that come about how's carl kramer find chris kiefer hey carl kramer chris kiefer
0: kk's yeah yeah we we it was a joke he was big kk i was little kk he
1: had a small a soft bar for kk's yeah Uh, okay so yeah how does
0: that happen so i was a shipper at al baker's xrs only which Uh, is a shop in nesperia
1: was al still around
0: al was gone by then oh um another guy owned it so i was I was the shipper there, and Carl came in with a project, you know, with an XR project. Yeah. Um, his rider that he used, Bobby Sage, was hurt, okay. and he needed a photo guy. And so he asked me, and I always, every time he came in, I bugged him, I bugged him, I bugged him. Finally said, okay, I wanna be the I'll magazine. give you a shot. Yeah. Yeah. And we went out. He liked how I looked on a bike. Yeah. Um, he liked some of my feedback, and he thought he could groom me, so to speak. Uh-huh. And, yeah, so that's how my dirt rider career started was with Carl.
1: Okay. Oh, so it's Carl Kramer, who's, who's a dirt rider from the start, maybe, right?
0: God, he's been, he was there for a long time before Almost. I was
1: a, They started in 83, I think. Yeah. He, he, must, he must have been there early on. Yes. Um, so he got you into the foot, into the door of, of magazine work. But this, you're still racing pro. You don't really have any intentions of working for a magazine.
0: Yeah, I was racing local pro. Um, but growing up, I always you know, wanted to be a test rider and be okay. a ma- in the magazine, more so than be a pro motocrosser because uh-huh. I know my family didn't have that much money. Right. Um. So, actually, after I got on with, with Carl and started riding more and doing more bikes, you know, people started noticing more me being the magazine. Uh-huh. So, that's when I went and said, hey, I want to try to ride some big stuff, ride Supercross, do an Outdoor National. Right. And just kind of pick and choose what I wanted to do, and that's what I did.
1: As far as your pro career, what was your best ride?
0: <sighs> My best ride, obviously, I mean, everyone knows that Anaheim that year, and that was 2004. Uh-huh. Um. And... <laughs> it's funny, the whole the whole story was this, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna flash back for a second. Okay. So like I said, I was at I was at LACR, Shyler saw me and said, Hey, we want you to try to do some Yamaha stuff, I yep. go, heck yeah, that's yep. awesome. You and know, that's
1: actually a paid position. That
0: was you know, right. daily rate. Yeah, yeah. So getting paid, you know, and right. Dirt Rider didn't pay me, I was just doing it for free yeah. gear and doing some stuff, right. you know. And uh Shyler started using me with Doug and Dustin Nelson, I was her third guy. Yeah. And before the 250F came out, before, you know, they're still on 125 mm-hmm. two-strokes, we were developing some of that. And he liked my feedback, and Doug uh, kind of groomed it, me helped and, you, and yeah. helped me along, and Shyler liked me, and I was there for, you know, several years and, and did stuff with them, and, and that kind of helped my direction. Um, but I wanted something more concrete, more test days. Right. I wanted to keep doing that. Right. And I was At there. this
1: point, though, are you like, uh, are you realizing right away, like, I can't, I'm a great rider, but I cannot make a living as a pro. Like, are you kind of like, ah, like,
0: yeah, I was always on that program. Okay. Like I always, yeah, yeah. I always knew that you I never, wasn't.
1: Yeah. You never had the factory rider dream.
0: I never really just thought, you know, Hey, this is what I'm going to do for them. I'm, I'm going to be a rider. Right. I'm going to race and just yeah. make yeah. tons of money. I just wanted to ride dirt bikes. That's what I knew. Right. You know, I just want to ride and get some money, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. So after that, I, I, I ran into rags. He's like, Hey, we need a test guy. And would you be willing to, Jump ship, so to speak. So I talked to Shiloh. He was like, You know what? I get it. I understand. Yeah. I know what you want to do. Right. Um, this was a salary deal? Th- this yeah. was a salary deal. Right. And I went to Rags and got to do a lot of things with the KTM development side. Um, got to go to Austria a lot. What year was this? Um, this was in 2003, 2004. Okay. All right. And that led me to be like, Okay, I got some good equipment now. Yeah. Do you want to go race? Some yeah. Supercross. I go, Heck yeah. Yeah. So. You know, I was on good, you know, two-stroke equipment, factory suspension, and...
1: Did they ever mention anything about the mechanic that won High
0: Point for them? Never. First ever American win? I think it slipped their mind.
1: Okay. Whatever. (laughs) Screw screw those guys. Um, So, yeah, so now you're like, hey, I can... Now I got some support to go race? Right.
0: Right. You know, I got to... Met Leighton. you know, and he's he's the guy over there, and he built me killer motors and got my suspension done, and... We went racing and I didn't have a big board when I started, yeah. you know, we just went racing. And yeah. I was doing pretty good, making night shows, you right. know, not making mains yet, but yeah. getting there.
1: Like night shows were pretty easy for you, probably. Yeah, right? night I shows
0: mean. was like, back then you had to race to get in. So yeah. we raced to get in the night yeah. show and that's what we did. And, and one day I was driving to, to KTM to test and I got a call from Rags and he's like, hey, uh, do you want to do something different this weekend for Anaheim? And I'm like, w- yeah, what do you mean? What yeah. do you want to do? He's like, how about we... Uh, Put some more CCs in that sucker and see how you do in the at Anaheim. I'm like,
1: sure, why not? I didn't know it came from a KTM employee. Yeah, this big bore.
0: So it was all like, yeah, let's do it. So we went and tested that week on this big bore, which was (laughs) I don't even think you guys know how big it was. It was a it was almost a 200. Okay, so which KTM made a 200? Yeah, but it it wasn't that big. Right, right, but. It was too much power for me when I was testing during the week yeah. I, I looped out <laughs> I was like what in the hell is this thing So I got used to it, went to Anaheim Obviously you guys know I pulled the whole shot yeah. Led for like four laps and DV called you out in DV the stands DV called me out in the stands right. And I was like, now I was really pissed off at him Because I was like oh this guy's going to blow my <laughs> shit out So I thought DV was a dick at the time but
1: Yeah yeah, no he's good um, So yeah the pro thing But at the whole time, like you said, you're not You're like hey i got to make a living riding my dirt bike But I got to do... Yeah, the whole time works. I yeah.
0: had to yeah, I had to be home from my mom, and yeah. I had to go to work. I had to go test during the right, week, you right. know, so I wasn't looking to, to make my money Damn. racing.
1: Are you out of school? You're done school? Yeah, I was done school, yeah, yeah, right, and
0: right. that was like, you know, my early 20s, yeah, yeah. you know, middle Did you graduate 20s. high school? I did. I graduated yeah. early. Okay, yeah.
1: And you know. So that was it. I went there.
0: to independent study, graduated early, got the hell out of there, and I just want to ride my just dirt bike. I
1: <laughs> want to ride my dirt bike in the high desert. Yeah. With Travis Preston and Gothic J.
0: Yep.
1: Um, so... Uh, how much did Dubach teach you about testing?
0: Dubach taught me a lot about stuff, and Shryler did too, you yeah, know. Yeah. He, uh, he taught me how to pick apart a motorcycle, yeah. how to not second-guess my thoughts. Um,
1: because I've talked to some mutual friends we have who you do stuff for. I forgot to say at the beginning, besides Dirt Rider, Kiefer uh-huh. Inc., your yeah. own testing yes. uh, program. Um, i talked to some mutual friends we have, and they're all like, yeah, Kiefer's really good. Like, he's good. Yeah. He'll tell you what the bike's doing, uh, which is a skill, a really s- a developed skill.
0: Yeah, and going back to when I was just riding from home, you know, my own stuff when I was a teenager, I would go out and mess with my bike and go yeah. ride it and see if it got better. I always tinkered. Yeah, yeah. And I think that helped me get the feeling. Right. You know, because I always tell people, like, motorcycling, dirt bikes, are just a feeling. Like, if you have a feeling, you're going to go fast. You'll yeah. know when stuff's good or bad. Yeah. So, yeah, he taught me a lot. He taught me, uh, you know, he taught me how to ride a little bit, too, and technique, and and Shyler, you know, taught me how to not make up shit and sound like you know what you're talking about you know he's like hey if you don't feel anything just yeah. let us know i don't i, I don't feel anything
1: i just tell riders like that all the time when when we go testing on factory teams if, don't be scared to say i don't know right. go ahead yeah And don't
0: because then you go yeah, yeah. then you go backwards yeah, yeah, or you yeah, just yeah, tell yeah, someone that you don't want you know right yeah don't be scared to say i don't know and i see that a lot now where i'm at i see a lot of guys you know trying to tell me like oh it does this when i'm like I kind of know what it's doing. You yeah. don't have to, like, try yeah. to make up shit for me, you know? Uh,
1: who can test? Who, who's the Who's the uh, Mount Rushmore of testing? Uh, Doug Dubok? Uh Scheidler maybe? Uh, uh, Steve Butler? Rich Taylor?
0: Yeah, I think all those Kyle guys. Kyle Lewis was pretty good, I guess. Yeah, I don't know much about Kyle. Okay, yeah. But I knew Doug was the epitome of a test guy. Yeah. You know, me growing up. Yeah. Um, and also Rich Taylor. I yeah. still had, you know, magazine cutouts in my room of Rich, yeah. you know, throwing it sideways in Dirt Rider.
1: God, I don't know if he's full of crap, but RT tells me things about bikes and I'm like, Really? Yeah. And I'll be like, Okay. Like I don't think he's making it up, don't get me wrong, but I'll be like, Wow, I'm I'm really impressed that you would notice this, you would figure this out, you would feel this. Right. Whatever that is, you know?
0: Yeah, and people in just simple things like motor mounts and, you know, moving things in one millimeter, two mil two millimeters, it it's a huge difference when you when you, you're on the track. But on paper you're like, How yeah. do you even feel that? you know, but yeah, you, yeah. you can feel that. Right.
1: So um so, somewhere in there, after the pro career, you go to Canada, you get decent results for that team up there, Michael Willard, yourself, riding uh, 125 West, or did you ever ride East?
0: Yeah, so that was a West thing
1: Yeah, you know, back then. Yeah, Andy White hooked that up with you. Yep. Um, did you, at some point, you started Kiefer Inc., just sort of your own side deal, get some cash in, approach some buddies that needed some work, is that kind of...
0: Yeah, so basically how it was is, uh, <laughs> you know, after my KTM thing, I was with Raglan for a couple years, and... Mm. I did uh, the first year with Andy White and with the 250F that the yeah. KTM came out with. Yeah. Did the West Coast.
1: Did you ever ride, we had a 250F prototype in 01.
0: I I not so that you, far back, no.
1: I know, but I wonder if it was still kicking around when you went there. It was slow, it was heavy. I don't know what they I rode doing. the
0: first one in 04. Okay, it was gone by then. Yeah. 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 And then uh, that's when they, the KTM Canada team yeah. wanted to ride that four stroke that year. So and I was yeah. helped developing it. So I'm sure that was one of the reasons why Andy wanted me yeah, to kind of yeah. help the yeah. development and babysit Willard a little bit, <laughs> keep him on keep length. him on a short leash.
1: Babysit Willard, <laughs> two time uh, 125 champion.
0: Yeah. So um, um, so anyway, after I I had knocked Heather up. Yeah. So you Your know, wife. Yeah, yeah, my, my wife mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, oh shit, we're having a baby. I better get a you know yeah. a steady income. Yeah. And Yamaha came back and said, hey, do you want to come in-house and be our test rider yep. slash accessory guy? So
1: GYTR I was like, is accessory. GYTR
0: yeah, guy. Yeah. So I was like, sure. So I lived in Asperia. I drove up and down Cyprus for five years. Just I think you just left when I came on. I her.
1: left at the end of '05, right before 06.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of when I was in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. and Mike, Mike Allridge. Yep, Mike Ulrich. Uh, Butler, See Butler. Yep. yep. So I, I helped them, and I did some stuff with Mohachi and all those oh, guys. Oh, yeah,
1: Mohachi, right. Yeah. Poor Mike Mohachi. We had uh, Muzzy made our G-Y-T-R cans, and they fell apart all the time, and Jimmy Perry was losing his mind yep. at Mohachi every week. <laughs> yes. Like, it wasn't really Mike's
0: fault or issue, but right. he was responsible. Right.
1: And they, they couldn't hold, they couldn't last a moto.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, to... To their credit, too, you know, they try to build stuff, but then their their criteria is so different because they need to build it and hurry up and have it out before the bike, the yeah, new bike yeah, gets yeah. out there. You yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. everything's time yeah. constraints.
1: So you didn't really like that, though, That was a full time no,
0: Monday because to Friday. I wasn't. It wasn't I, what I thought was going to be. That Steve. drive would have been. It was shit. It hurt my marriage, honestly. I came home like an asshole. You know, I just was <laughs> always. Stress. I'm sure
1: the pay was way oh wait, no, it's Yamaha, never mind.
0: No, I mean literally I got <laughs> paid thirty six thousand dollars, you yeah. know, and I spent half of that on freaking yes. gas going back. So how I started key for Dude, was, I was a
1: factory mechanic making forty two. Right. I'm like forty two grand with taxes taken out. Right.
0: There's no way. No, I gotta live in Orange County. And I live in Hesperia, so right. I live cheaper. Right. You know, right. so but the drive was just yeah. making me insane. Yeah, yeah. The people are great. Right. I love Yamaha's. It doesn't company. come much
1: better than Steve Butler. No. Yeah.
0: You know, Steve's right. great, you know, Porter, all the, everyone's great yeah. at Yamaha. Yeah. And uh, I came up with an idea, like, hey, I know how to test. I know some of these people that need test riders. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start my own company. So I left Yamaha, um, saved my marriage, <laughs> left Yamaha, and started for Inc. Yeah. Still had my dirt rider thing on the side. And it kind of grew from there. Yeah. You know, so Probably that's... Probably
1: the first little while I was a little lean or whatever, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I had one contract or yeah. something, you know, and I just, you know, I made maybe... Twenty thousand right. dollars a year.
1: But you uh um did you still test for Yamaha at all at this point or no? They called you back at some point,
0: right? Yeah, so I still did contract work for right. them right. And, and when they needed it. Um but as far as me being in house and traveling up and down the hill, no, yeah. I was gone from right.
1: that. Um, so. our buddy Travis Preston now there, working hard alongside Steve Butler.
0: Yeah. And Travis is uh he even says, Man, it's I'm surrounded by a bunch of smart dudes and I feel like the dumbest guy there. <laughs> and I go, Man, there's 20 years on you, yeah. so yeah, just yeah, take exactly, your time, right. you know? Um, and
1: so you do work for, uh, can we say, like Yosh and Renthal and all that? Yeah, I, I do yeah. stuff. There's 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 right.
0: companies, obviously, that, that I can't talk about, yeah. you know, but I like to keep confidential. But, you know, Yoshimura, I help them develop stuff. Yeah. Renthal, I've done stuff with them. I help Adrian from Ride Engineering.
1: These guys will pay you a set amount and get you for so many days. Right. And, and say, hey, I got a brand new product. I need durability or performance or something testing done. Mm-hmm. Let me know. Right,
0: and 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 I created my business to be—it's um, a really good idea—to be unbiased. You know, just because I have a contract with one company uh-huh. doesn't mean I couldn't have a contract with a with a, a competing company. Yeah, yeah. Because everything's confidential. Right. So it only is going to help each company. Like, hey, oh, like we I know it.
1: We shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't have said the names. No, or? it doesn't oh, matter. No. Like yeah. those
0: things are fine. Those are already out in the right. open. Right. But like. You know, it's only going to help. Let's say I went and did some stuff for Little D at, at FMF. Right. It's going to help those guys for me because, for them, yeah. because I know what things should be like, yeah. what it feels like to be right. on the track. Hey, these guys are making this muffler. I kind of know where that one's at. Yeah, yeah. But yet, I'm not directly telling them. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. just a feeling. No,
1: it's, it's kind of like me starting pulp in a ways. like I was like, hey, I, gotta, I, I can't let these people determine w- my income and what I'm going to do. I have to start my own gig. Right. That's really what happened. Yeah. And thankfully I'm back at Racer X and, and it's awesome for me. I love being back, but I was let go at one point or I was told, hey, you're gonna be paid on a per piece basis, which didn't work for paying my mortgage. Right. Went to another place called Schmanschworld, Schmolprosh. <laughs> then came back to Racer X. Yeah. But the whole time I was like, I can't have this uh this this axe over my head for some bean counter. To say, hey, get rid of that guy. Right. So I started my own thing. Yeah. And just kind of like what you well, did a little bit, too, where you're like, I can't be miserable driving up and down this hill every day. I have to do my own thing.
0: And, and, and also, too, how I, how I view my testing and, and even my life is you're only as good as your integrity to someone, you know? Right. So if I'm telling you something about your product, you know it's the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a straight-up, unbiased opinion, you know? And that's all really test writing is. It's it's your what I call factual opinion. This is how you want everything to go. Yeah. And I've ridden so much stuff during my career, I, I know what the consumer wants, I know what you know, manufacturers yeah. need for their bike, yeah. I know what products need to be developed. And,
1: and you know what racers may like, high end racers, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's you the know. thing
0: about, you know, testing production motorcycles, right. you're not developing that bike for high end guys. Yeah. You're developing yeah, yeah. for the guy. Right. You know the weekend guy, who blue collar guy that wants to go and have a good time. So you got to have the comfort, you got to have performance, you got to have all that stuff. You know,
1: Um, where do you stand working for Dirt Rider? Um, You're a moto guy, you really are. Dirt Rider is their niche is off road. It's always been more off road. They dabble in moto, they still do. But how do you like that? Do you do you mind it? Does sometimes Dirt Rider asks you to do things like you have the XR Ricky (laughs) thing. XR whatever that thing is the CRF X. Okay, yeah, whatever. This the, the Ricky <laughs> Brabec thing. Like you're you're down with that. You're you're cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. no. Like I grew up racing off road. That's how me and my family started riding dirt bikes. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. So, so I d- rode. I've
1: never done anything like that. i was yes. a moto guy the whole time.
0: Well, as a family, we went out yeah. camping in the desert. Yeah. You know, and I rode Hare and Hounds. My dad raced desert, so my roots come from desert racing. Oh, okay. So and yeah. so, and then my dad realized, hey, this is tearing up bikes yeah, okay. more than I have money. Right. So let's put him in moto. <laughs> and ever since ten years old, that's what I've been riding. But I like just riding dirt bikes. I don't give a shit what it is. You know, Yeah, if it's, I can vouch for that. I race in endurocross. I suck at it, right. which yeah. you know. I've fallen in ponds and yeah. rocks and yeah. everything. But, Upside down. All right. But I, I just I love trying new things, and and I really love off-road racing. I love the off-road people, probably more than moto people, because they're just <laughs> more down-to-earth, right. normal people, um, not so yeah. stuck up, so to speak, like a lot of moto yeah, people You are.
1: are a guy who just goes to Anaheim into the pits, and that's it. And then you go home
0: right. right that seems kind of stuck up right
1: yeah i didn't want to say that but <laughs> um all right hey motorcycle superstore uh racer x online podcast type in pb-pulp 16 great guys at motorcycle superstore will, will get you dialed in presented by fox racing uh listen to this commercial from Race Tech and uh, uh Tech suspension and uh, also to michelin star 5 a tire that you had something to do with yeah michelin through me through the show randy down there reached out to you can you help us Now you didn't develop this tire but you kind of did the final testing about this is what i like what i don't like yeah, right? i didn't do like, the
0: full development but i kind of like he brought the tire in i kind of said yes that's the direction you needed to go yeah. or no you didn't yeah. so i yeah, kind of yeah. helped him through yeah.
1: that and uh, <clears throat> listen to this commercial we'll be right back with uh dirt riders chris kiefer thanks everybody for listening to the motorcycle superstore.com racer x podcast thanks for listening man these things are going great and I'm stoked with the responses from everybody, and uh, you guys have been doing a great job with the downloads. Don't forget the Fly Race and Moto 60 show on Thursdays, the Pulp show on Mondays, the NFAB Racer X Fantasy show sometime in the middle of the week, and the Motorcycle Superstore. They're a passionate team who speak moto. If I'm talking about going riding, bench racing from the latest company ride to the latest parts and gear, this is what drives them to be a place for you to check out all things motorcycles with the top brands and gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel. You want to save there they got everything you need to get out and ride go to the website to check out their inventory of brands uh, over 700 of them do you speak moto if you do go to motorcyclesuperstore.com use the code pb-pulp16 to 10 uh, percent off participating brands pb-pulp16 saves you money all right let's get to these commercials from racetech and michelin and motorcyclesuperstore.com thanks for listening see you after the break Racetech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension, everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Uh, trust me on this. There's a more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru, I guarantee you, At Race Tech, go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10 percent at RaceTech.com, and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast. And we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com, Michelin StarCross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what?
0: No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself. So how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiff that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, on the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. And it's more comfort. So it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So telling me the comfort
1: casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires.
0: Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit but also too when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites but yet straight line, you have comfort.
1: Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything, right. well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually.
0: Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were were sworn in the garage, so uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on.
1: Four versions of this tire—they cover all the uses. Key for reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling—they do it all. Starcross Five, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out the local dealer, people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. Welcome back, Motorcycle Superstore. RacerX Online Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Chris Kiefer from uh, Dirt Bike, or Dirt Rider. Oh, my Dirt Rider, Dirt Rider Magazine, <laughs> DirtRider.com. Um, so, anyway, okay, so, yeah, so testing is a, uh, it's a unique thing. And, and I'm taking it, though, through, you got a promotion at Dirt Rider not long ago.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, your Kiefer Inc. thing, you told me a little while ago, you're almost not not ready to take
0: anybody else on. You're so jam-packed. Right. So everything's going well. It's going well, and... You know, I get a lot of people going, oh, it's the best job. It it really is. I love riding and testing, but I'm kind of like so busy. Um, I would love to hire another person, but for me, it's hard to trust other people to do my work because my name's attached to it. So I kind of take everything on myself, which, you know, puts me riding, you know, sometimes five, six days a week, and it takes away, you know, some time yeah. for my family. And it takes, honestly, it takes some of the fun out of the riding for me because, I'm, it's all work you know it's yeah. not just riding a dirt bike and then coming home and hanging out right. you know i got to type i got to send you know spreadsheets and do shit when i get home right. that involves you know making the product better so
1: what um is that the worst part of your job the typing the riding <laughs>
0: you know, honestly like i i enjoy some of the stuff that i do as when i type like when i'm talking about a bike i really enjoy typing and and letting people know what it does mm-hmm. like yep. i get excited right. and when people—that's why I answer a lot of these questions on Twitter. You—you you bust my balls about, but mm-hmm. I like—you know—when I grew up, I didn't know a lot of shit. Right. And I had to find out the hard way. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm that middle guy where I can help them. You know, cut time and money, and say hey, this is the direction you need to go. Right. You know, so that's what for Inc. built on.
1: Um, do you want to put the word out that people can contact you if they? Listen yeah, to no, bitcoin? I have
0: uh, for Inc. at, at-, at g- Gmail at hotmail.com. Hotmail, right. Yeah. Um, best bike,
1: best production bike you've ever ridden.
0: Yeah, <sighs> for, for
1: I mean I mean I don't mean, I mean like that's, right we've now. always
0: had the same thing. It's, no, I know, but it's always the '08 Honda 450. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the bike. JT's I mean. on your boat too. JT's a lot of guys. I mean, Chad
1: Reed had one in his house. He's probably still has one in his garage. He's yeah. had it forever.
0: When we do, when I did manufacturer testing, the 2008 Honda was the baseline bike to make another brand of bike that good. Yeah. That's like, what that's, we test with.
1: We're not getting a Callie. We're not bringing a Suzuki. We're getting a 08 Honda.
0: Yeah, right. if, if, we're, if I'm Yamaha and we're out testing and we have this 08 Honda, mm-hmm. if, if suspension is not as good as that, then we're, it's a failure. We need to start over.
1: Motor's not as good as that. Failure. Yeah.
0: And then um, that, that became, with manufactured, that became the 2014 KX450. Yeah, that that was the baseline bike for a lot of a lot of manufacturers. That's because the frame absorption of that of that bike, right. you know, straight line stability, everything was really good. The motor, so that was the the KX 450.
1: Um, worst bike.
0: <sighs> well, worst bike had to be like those Vertemedes. Um, <laughs> okay. I broke my leg on that son of a bitch. It uh, cut out Cannondale wasn't wasn't too good Oh, you
1: rode the Cannondale See, I just did a podcast with uh, with Keith Johnson
0: Yeah, Can- the... I did a dirt rider thing with Cannondale yeah. And that was, uh, that was pretty bad You guys named the bike of the year That wasn't me Who was that? I think that was uh, Jimmy Jimmy Lewis And I think it was because... All of
1: Jimmy's credibility has gone out the window When you named the Cannondale the bike of the year <laughs>
0: And you hadn't even ridden it, I don't think Dude, I think it's because of the innovation And the stuff that yeah. they had it,
1: Which, it reversed the motor Yes It had EFI Right all in suspension.
0: Yeah, it was it was if, ahead of its time.
1: If you look at what's the Yamaha right now, reverse motor. Yeah, EFI.
0: But it actually handles turns yeah, yeah, and no. doesn't break. Uh,
1: Keith Johnson told me that the bike production bike was two hundred and seventy pounds. Holy shit! He, it was two hundred and seventy pounds. That's like honestly,
0: <laughs> that's like what we test in off road when we weigh all the bikes at, yeah, yeah. at the office. It's two hundred sixty nine pounds. Right, right. The betas are like two hundred seventy yeah. pounds.
1: Right. Um. All right, it's interesting to talk testing for sure. Unlike. I've had Rich in here a few times, and he was instrumental in a lot of these uh, 97 Honda RMs, the 96 RMs. And the, no, I guess it wouldn't have been the 99 RMs then. Um, and it's just fascinating to hear the stories of what could have made production, what didn't make production. Yeah. Because uh, Kiefer, as you know, like manufacturers have to be like, hey, we can't throw electric start, hydraulic clutch, uh, spring forks, air forks, uh, blah, blah, blah. All at once in this model. Mm. We don't have the budget. Right. We have to go, you know, 16. Step is, by step. 16 is this. Yeah. 17 is. And oftentimes, doesn't it come down to like, uh, hey, listen, you either want this improvement or this improvement, but you can't have both. Right. You
0: yeah. got to pick. So how Which testing are, like works Sophie's is. It's
1: Choice for, for a
0: guy like you. <laughs> two years out, we start testing stuff. Yeah. And let's say, we'll, we'll just take, for example, 2017. Yeah. We started testing the 2017 stuff in 2015. Right. Um, with what they call zero proto, so you have a zero proto bike with all these rapid proto production parks on this bike, very rough yeah. and very expensive at, will you ride it at public tracks We you will ride them at public tracks that are rented out oh so no, yeah,
1: that 's what i mean so it 's yeah. all private yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. right right, but you know there 's still there 's still guys floating around there 's you know pick up the trash guys there 's yeah. other dudes you yeah. know, but they just don 't care what you 're doing yeah, you know yeah. yeah. Um, and then after zero proto, you could either be a number one proto, mm-hmm. or it could be the first pre-production. And usually it goes zero proto, one proto, and then a yeah. the pre-production unit. Yeah. And that's when things start, on the pre-production unit, start seeing a lot of production parts. Right. And then obviously at the end, there's the production bike that you finalize and you make sure all the tolerances and that bike feels the same as what you've been testing all along, you know? So,
1: so you'll get the final production bike before they even start production.
0: Yes. Like they'll have bits and pieces of what we are. They'll have bits and pieces of production. Like maybe some of the motor parts already on the assembly line done Mm -hmm. that are already finalized. But as far as a complete motorcycle, no, it's not done yet. Hmm. So, and, and, and just like going back to what you said too, like. Yeah. Hey, you know, we're going to have, what do you want? Do you want a hydraulic clutch or do you want an electric start? What's more important to you? You know,
1: when everybody weighs in and
0: all the test riders weigh in. Obviously yeah. it's a cost issue too. Yeah. But I mean, if we have a choice, us as test guys have to make that de- decision. And ultimately that's what goes on the right, motorcycle. Yeah. So what that's what's really rewarding is when you have a baby, so to speak, you watch it flourish and you, you get the project done And then you see the consumer buy it, and then everyone's happy. You know, this is Mm -hmm. a great bike. This is this. You know, it's kind of like being an engineer and saying, hey, here's what I created. Yeah. Here you go. Right. So Um, it's cool.
1: Pulp Show, whether it's one Pulp Show or your 50th Pulp Show you've been on, um, you've been a vocal critic of Air Forks. Right. Not been a fan of them. No. And it's something that the OEMs, I've gone to more and more in recent years. It's really, from talking to Ping more than you the manufacturers kind of say hey it's a cost thing it's it's cheaper and but to me and again i don't have a bike so but i have buddies that have bikes that don't check their tire pressure don't check their sag they ain't gonna check three chambers on a fork to make sure it's working right like i get it i think it's too much it's a little too much tech
0: right no i agree i think
1: besides the performance which you're a little weird about i think yeah are you, I'm more on the maintenance side of things as a former mechanic. That's what my number one thing is. It's too much maintenance. But what do you think? Like, we're, Which performance or maintenance? Which, which side do you come on as being well, that they're the devil?
0: I, I agree with you what you're saying about the maintenance. But for me, as a rider, obviously performance comes first for me. When I'm buying a 9000 to $10,000 motorcycle, I take it off the showroom floor. I bring it home. All of us men... We know what we do. We go home and we tinker with it in the mm-hmm. garage. We look yeah. at it. We fuck with it. The wives are home inside going, when are you coming in? When are you coming in? Oh, we'll be in a minute. Uh-huh. You get to the track and it doesn't work as good as you dreamed about. That's what pisses me off the most. You spent what? your money. Yeah. Then you got this piece of shit air fork that's on there. Okay. That doesn't feel. Yeah, but wait oh, a minute. Hold on. Okay. Let me finish this thought here. You get on the track. It doesn't stick. Um, You're there for a couple hours. The fork changes over time. It never feels the same. You don't have predictability in your front end. And then on top of all of the performance things that I just yeah. said, here comes your maintenance problem. When you get to the track and your buddies are there, hey, man, how's it going? Let's go ride. The track's uh, getting yeah. watered. Some sure. guys are blowing it out already. You want to... Yeah, yeah, You want to like, get on the track on.
1: I have to check air pressure right. and three chambers and t- You don't want it. You want to no. get
0: dressed right. and haul ass on the track And be- have fun with your
1: buddies But I think you're, you're exaggerating the performance of it And you would know more than I would So I don't want to get into an argument with you Because you're certainly much smarter about it than I am You're in the upper 10% of dirt bike riders Maybe in America Okay, Maybe upper 15% The average vet dude or B class guy They're fine yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with you. Like, C-class right. guys, they're not going to be B as critical guys, of guys, they're, they're going to work. But you got to remember— But I'm going more on the maintenance side now where you don't want to do that. Right. You just don't want to check your, your, your chamber pressures.
0: But, well, this is where the C-class and the B-class guys will feel it, is when the pressure builds up. And it does build up yeah, no it, matter yeah. how fast you are. Yeah. Let's say you leave it outside in the pits for all day. Right. It's going up. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So when you land off a jump— it's going to be harsh to your hands. It's going to do certain things that you're not used to. Right. You know, maybe if you grew up with air forks, maybe you don't know better. But I, I guarantee you, if you put yeah. a pair of spring forks and that guy's, on that well, guy's bike, he's going to be like.
1: So, Yamaha is just like, I think their stance is like, no. Right.
0: Well, that's why I, I mean, think, honestly, and I don't know this for a fact, but honestly, I think that's why they sell so many damn bikes. It's right. because of the spring fork. Regardless of how good the bike is. Mm-hmm. Spring Fork, I think that sells nowadays. Sells bikes,
1: right? Interesting. Yeah. Well, the rumor is the Honda's going to go spring back to spring, which that's a marketing.
0: That I think that's that's very smart. If if that's what they do,
1: it's a very smart marketing move uh, to uh, to do that. If they if they if they do that, I think like they're like some people might be like, oh, it's an OEM throwing the towel in. No, no, it's giving the people what they want. Exactly. People have decided. We don't want those. And I, th-
0: I think, generally speaking. No, and I, I mean, agree. Ross Maeda.
1: Ross is as smart as they come, and Ross is like, we don't need
0: those. Well, what Ross and, and Will Decker, the guy at Enzo, tells me is like, look, yeah, they're great for, for Supercross guys. They work yeah. really well. Yeah. But for the average guy, he doesn't need this. He yeah. just needs springs. You're, yeah. You're fine with it. Yeah. And, the, and the, I got the cost difference broken down to me one day. I asked, well, how, how much is, what is the difference, yeah. you know, for you guys? And the difference is between an air fork and a spring fork is twenty dollars. That's it. That's oh, okay. it. Okay. But you times that no, by, how, time many by bikes, how many bikes, but yeah, so you're. Sure. S- but it's twenty bucks. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we'll see what happens there. You've you've certainly been a pretty vocal critic.
0: Yeah, and 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 <laughs> people say, oh man, you're so hard on them. I just honestly, I like things that work. Yeah. I don't care if it's a Suzuki, a oh. Husky, Yamaha. If that bike works good, right. I I want to ride it. Right. And I want to tell people about it. Like, get this bike.
1: So, okay, uh, we're off that. Moving on to other things here. Uh, You're a high desert guy, like you said. So how nice was it when you were younger seeing Travis Preston have success?
0: It was cool because me and Travis, you know, we'd go to bonfire parties and and hang out. Oh,
1: so you've known each other for a long time? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. We
0: go back to, like, uh, school days. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And Travis was always a little better than me. Um, He raced a lot more than me. Yeah.
1: Remember, he quit the sport for a year, and he won the lottery.
0: Well, that's... We were working together. Yeah. We had jobs together. Okay. And we were like, hey, screw that. Working right. where? A company called PDM, okay. which is in Long... Well, we had a, a contract in Long Beach, which they hung oil, oil rings uh-huh. Um, for the refinery. Okay. And he was called a fire watcher, which he held a box and walked around the oil ring all day. And I was a bullganger, which was... I held a. That
1: t- sounds like um like a
0: lawyer, bullganger, and firebox. <laughs> yeah, that's the gangster names. What was the was firebox? You said no firewatcher. Firewatcher. <laughs> I think you're thinking something else. Firebox. <laughs> uh, uh, bullganger and firewatch. Yeah. Yeah. So I would hang off the side of these rings with the 25 pound. Well, oh, that gr- could
1: be like a uh, a detective team, bullganger and
0: firewatch. <laughs> that's right. On next eight o'clock ne- central yeah, Next. Time. On TNT. On <laughs> TNT. Um. Oh. Yeah. You keep interrupting. I keep losing my train of thought here.
1: Bullganger, fire, watch okay. and
0: TP. I was grinding slag off, off welds, mm-hmm. and that's what I did all day. So yeah. I would just grind, grind, grind. i do the same thing. Right. Yeah. And so we, we we did that for a little bit and realized, hey, training riding wasn't so bad. Yeah. Travis ended up going to 7-Eleven. But this was
1: after T P chaparral ride, correct? Or no?
0: No. Before chaparral. No, this is before. Okay. This is... He bought Suzuki's with his money from lottery. So this is okay. like Suzuki's, I think, F&S. Okay. And then on and yeah, on. Yeah,
1: so 96, 97. Yeah.
0: Right. And then, yeah, he went to 7-Eleven, bought a scratcher. He said, I won $10,000. I go, bullshit. <laughs> oh, so you were there? No, I wasn't oh, there. Oh, but okay. that, he, he I found you, out. Whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah, and then yeah. he never showed up for work. He was done. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that mother F, did he, he was he, back. He bailed. So And then, of course, my homie wasn't there anymore. So I just said, screw it. And I...
1: Fire banger and 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 <laughs>
0: fire banger. <laughs>
1: Fire banger and uh, whatever else it was. Yeah, but
0: it was cool yeah. seeing Travis because Travis was yeah. always he was similar to me. He never went out and party, didn't drink. Um, he had good parents. Yeah. Um, he had a track in his yard, so I always knew Travis from oh the guy with the track in his yeah. yard, you know. And
1: but he was a uh, pretty good amateur. So he was always he was always good.
0: Yeah, he wasn't like the best guy, but he was always he always there. Yeah, yeah always yeah, a yeah. threat to yeah, win. Yeah, you yeah. know. And Travis was never known for his style. He, if you ever watch Travis ride, he's fast as shit, but he doesn't look the. He's not the mm-hmm. most flashy kind of right. guy, you know.
1: I would say he's one of the more unlikely 125 Supercross champions slash factory Honda riders there's ever been. Like a guy, no one would have said that. Right. When he b- kind of bombed out at Chaparral a little bit, Triple X was all right, you know. But he was never. Yeah. But he really just. Just worked at it. Yeah, he you know? just
0: worked and his, he just kept going. You know, and yeah. that's I think that's what it took. And he had talent, obviously. Yeah, of course. But a lot of good guys came from the desert. Ty Davis, um, Casey Johnson lived in the desert for a while. Did he? Casey yeah. was a Casey was a desert rat transplant. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, So we used to go ride with him, Travis, me, and
1: were Were you around Ty Davis when he was Supercross guy or no?
0: No, I was way too young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so. that's another thing. Like Ty always drove by, and Ty was always had a Supercross track out in his house by his house, and yeah. he would ride. So. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just a good place growing up because I rode straight from my house. Yeah. I had the tracks. Didn't have to worry about tri- driving anywhere.
1: What about Mike and Jeff? The 800 and 801?
0: Yep. I was a little older when they started coming right. to play. But, uh, yeah, same thing, I think. Did you just become friends with them just because high desert people Hi, exactly. find each other? Immediately you move in the high desert, we're, we're, we're tight. You, do you meet at the meth labs or where do you meet? No, no meth okay. labs. Right. We okay. try to stay away from those as right. much as we can. Yeah. But, no, I've I seen him riding. It, Tony worked. It's funny because there's a place that we ride called Honda Valley, which is yeah. in Hesperia, yeah. where Bailey and Johnson used to yeah. test. That's yeah. where it got the name. And Tony used to go out there with a the grader, you know, in the middle of the night, okay, and yeah. grade some sand tracks out there, prep it, water it for for Mike. I'd wake up next day and go ride some out in Honda Valley, and I would see this beautiful watered <laughs> desert track. I'm like, what the heck just went on here? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony, all night, would grade it, water he it. He probably worked all day and then got And then he'd off. be up with, with Mike and, and Jeff, and then he would, you know, do their laps and everything. Right, so right. that's when I always talk about Tony. People don't see that side, and he works his ass off.
1: Right. Yeah, interesting.
0: But growing up in the desert, you see a lot of things that you normally don't see, you know, riding-wise. Mm-hmm. And I used to ride these tracks yep. every day. And one day, I'd come over a hill, same track I rode yesterday, and there was a dishwasher middle, yeah, yeah, yeah. just laying out there. And I'd hit a dishwasher. <laughs> I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Hi, Dad's life. And right. um, met a homeless guy, you know, several times. There'd be homeless people out there. And yeah. <laughs> I never had a guy who, you know, had pit boards and stuff. So yeah. I would give this guy 10 bucks a week. And he lived in a little, in, in a side, by a Joshua, <laughs> had some shit around him, you know, had a dog. And he would... Every day he would wait for me. I gave him a pit board, gave him 10 bucks a week, and he would do my times on my track. Really? Just some guy living out in the desert. And we became great friends. The guy moved on. What happened to him? Yeah. He went, He moved into a trailer park and actually got his shit correct. Wow. And, uh. What was his name? Ah, uh, Ray. 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 Yeah, Desert. We Ray used to call him the... Des- Desert Ray because he always had, uh, a, a, like a fifth of Crown Royal. Yeah. He had a Crown Royal. And, uh. That's what I gave him to him for Christmas. It was Christmas time, and I go, "Here's here's some Crown Royal," and yeah, but I just so you're met
1: helping him. him helping the problem really Kiefer. yeah I know. But but he you trust him for his laptop for laptops? Yeah, I just yeah.
0: said we I just, I came up on him one day and he's like, "Oh, you ride?" Right. I'm like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Okay." And then he was there the next day, the next day, and I go, "Hey, right. you mind timing my laps?" And he's uh-huh. like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Him and his dog hanging out with the pit board. <laughs> just <laughs> desert ray
1: desert ray so all these things I like, like it, right? yeah just
0: yeah. I, it's just cool and i love the desert you know that's a good time
1: um so for you now do you worry about your testing now like uh cuz if you crash you're out of work yeah. you don't get paid
0: right how much does that come into your mind i try not to let it come into my mind Very obviously long.
1: good good job for me bringing it up then right yeah no
0: it, i mean it happens i mean i i was hurt last year a little bit and I had to tell, you know, the people that I was working for and dirt rider that I have to take some time off and they understand, you know, they know that's yeah, yeah. part of it. Yeah. Um, but and you then, don't
1: get paid or, or maybe you do or.
0: No, yeah. I get paid regardless. Yeah. I have an amount that right. they, you know, I get. Yeah. And then I make sure that I give them back what, you know, what I own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So usually what happens is after an injury, I'm double time. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, yeah. which doesn't always but, work out so well.
1: I mean, it's got to be in the back of your mind where you're like, man, I, I could maybe jump this or maybe push. I'm a little tired. I could push this a little harder, but I just, I don't want to get hurt.
0: And that's how I am now. Like yeah. I'm always at 90%, you know, and right. that's why I, I, I go racing when I feel the urge to go race, right. um, but I don't yeah. race that much.
1: No, you don't. You race the world two stroke championships.
0: Do the vet two ago. stroke. I try to go up to Canada Vets. every year. Yeah. You did Canada last year a couple times. I do a lot of like trans world races and just things that I feel like I need to be competitive right. in because right. I like, I see these kids winning and it pisses me off. Because I'm at the track all the time, mm-hmm. so I'll go race to show them what's up a little bit to right. say, hey, right. I'm a little older, but I can still ride.
1: Right. Well, you don't really, you don't really show TP what's up though. I'm close, close. I'm close, close. Um, what bugs you about the motorcycle magazine testing world? <sighs> what bugs wow. you? I'll I know we don't have a lot of time, but we, we're coming up on a pulp show here. But, yeah. But, but what bugs you,
0: Steve? The the thing that bugs me is, you know. Yeah, there's certain things you have to do in a magazine. You can't just say this sucks, which I wish we kind of we kind of could sometimes, you know. Uh-huh. But we have to word it differently obviously to put it in the magazine. Um but these other magazines I read them because I I like to see what they think too, you know. And right. I and I read, you know, all of them and you know, just some of the things that they say are just totally false. Like <laughs> I don't understand where okay, they're coming.
1: But wait a minute. Is it false? As far as an opinion, or is it false? Something that's factually wrong. You know what I mean? Well,
0: I think it's the way like, that could they
1: just be shitty testers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, There's yeah, a yeah. lot of shitty right. testers. Right. right.
0: Because some of these guys just hire their buddies to go test a dirt bike, and you know, these guys are like, "Oh shit, this is a bitch," and I get to ride a bike. You know?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and they write shitty. Right. Um, so, but some of these these settings that they say this works. Right. You know, a lot of times MXA, as he said, this is what you should have. This is absolutely the best setting. Yeah. yeah. I think it's BS. Right. You know. Um, Some of them, you know, sometimes it's true But I would say a lot of times I really don't agree with some of the things that they say Right Um.
1: But it's, uh, it's an opinion So it doesn't necessarily make it wrong You know what I mean? That's I where
0: it. I go with how you write the story yeah, yeah, You know, they yeah. write it like this, our shit's the gospel Right,
1: right, you can say Yeah, you can write something and leave it open And be like, this is what we found works best Not right. like, bolt this on and bolt that on Right Right
0: yeah, I just don't believe in right. that. I like here's what we think. This is what could work for you. Here, try this. You know, yeah. um, that's what bums me out the most. And the most, the other thing too is like, it's okay to coexist. We all can hang out and bullshit yeah. and talk dirt bikes. Yeah. And it seems like when I'm around some of these guys, they're like, "Oh, you're a different magazine. I can't talk to you." Really? I'm like, you get
1: that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I get that a little yeah. bit. I I make fun of the world guys all the time. I I even copy and paste their tweets. Exactly. Under Racer X Twitter sometimes.
0: Oh really? Yeah yeah. No, I like I like Don I get along with Don yeah. really good.
1: No, I I'm just picking an example where I'm not like that. Where I'm like, yeah, come on guys. We're yeah, all Yeah, I'm this not
0: together. a big clicky guy. Right. So like when you see a lot of guys hanging out and doing their thing, I'm the guy in the corner kinda of by myself. Uh-huh. I'm not with that a trench coat or? No trench coat. Okay. <laughs> do trench with the right. dolphins hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I just I, I'm not into the clicks. I just want to, you know, let the people know what, what the bikes do. And I like to do my work and I like to go home to my family and hang out and not talk about dirt bikes. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's so. super weird, but whatever.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, all right, man. Well, Hey, uh, thanks for doing this. I think people, people liked it. People probably enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. And if you guys got questions and I'll, I'm going to get a website up here pretty soon and we're going to, we're going to do some cool stuff on pulp too. Maybe we can get some stuff on that. And, uh, get some uh you guys's questions answered sure. and
1: subscribe to racer x subscribe to uh
0: dirt rider. dirt rider and uh
1: motorcycle superstore racer x podcast with uh chris Kiefer. uh thanks buddy and uh yeah we'll uh, start a pulp show here right away all right thanks see ya. see ya. thanks for listening to the steve mathis show presented by fox racing like beating a dead horse, you know? And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did, everybody did.
0: Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's
1: two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven time, Jeremy
0: McGrath.
1: I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. Leo Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over eight hundred great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.